Welcome back, Pinball Nerds, to episode 176 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name's Orbital Albert, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about corrections and mistakes and problems and issues with the last episode, the Willy Wonka Top 10 Features of the Willy Wonka Machine, as well as, I'm sorry, Lorenz, both Lorenz, I am so sorry, Lorenz. As well as, uh, we're going to be doing an update on the London, Ontario Pinball League, which was held at Sean Russell's this past Saturday. And we're going to do a quick recap on the Monday Night Pinball, the second ever one held at Speed City Records in the good old Forest City. That was last night. Now, for those of you who have been with the show for a long time, you know for my first 100 episodes or so, I always always had background music playing in the background. And today, we're going to do a little throwback to that, because I think that this Willy Wonka Pure Imagination Trap Remix by Dolan Negrin and Primistic Mantis, featuring Future James, is the perfect background music for the Apology episode. So I won't have it as loud... A little too loud. How's that? Okay, hopefully that's not... Hopefully that's better. I will know shortly, but I want to first by start apologizing yesterday. In my top 10 list, as per usual, I somehow skipped over one. I skipped over number 8, the Wonkavator. So the Wonkavator... Not on the lowest level, like on the $7,500 Willy Wonka machine, but on the, you know, the if they were stern, what would be the premium and the LE. Um, I believe it's a collector's edition. The CE is the, the, the top one for Jersey Jack. But the middle one and the top one will both have a physical Wonka Vader ball holder. And you can steal these balls. When it's not in tournament mode, don't worry, tournament players. You can only steal the balls and start your Wonka Vader multi-ball uh, by only locking one and final ball on it um, when it's not in tournament mode. So it's not something you have to worry about for competitive play. But it is a really fun, interesting thing to have. The Pro doesn't have it. I mean, the Pro still has the feature, but the Pro doesn't actually have... You know, the, the Pro doesn't actually have the physical ball locks with the two box balls sitting there that you can see in the Wonkavator elevator, if you will. So I apologize for that, guys. The second thing I have to apologize for, Dennis Krenzel uh, of the Eclectic Gamers podcast. And for one week of This Week in Pinball, if it happens to be April Fool's, um, he let me know almost right away. And thank you, Dennis. I feel like such a knob. Just last week, of course, uh, I did the top 10 Pat Lawler games, and right before that, I did the top 10 Steve Ritchie games. And of course, then last week, Steve Ritchie's game, Black Knight's Sword of Rage, which I can't wait to play. It looks like a super fun, incredible game with um, probably the best animations I've ever seen on any pinball machine, to be honest, happening in the background. Really excited to play that game. But of course, last week with my four pinball events in four days and my 
three live streams and my five podcasts. Long story short, I'm making excuses here. I screwed up, guys. I was wrong. Pat Lawler is not the king of flow. Steve Ritzy's known as the king of flow. Come on, man. I'm sure 40, the 45 of you that listened to this yesterday were cringing and angry at me, but thank you, Dennis, for messaging me. I really, really appreciate that. Dennis has actually helped me out quite a few times when there's been like little issues with the show, so thanks, Dennis, for that. Um, super awesome guy. Make sure you, you all go listen to the Eclectic Gamers podcast. Um, it's a little bit about pinball and a little bit just about the arcade and video game industry, but still highly interesting, and uh, Dennis is just a really nice guy, so thanks so much for that, Dennis. Um, so, yeah, besides doing those two mistakes in the Wonka episode... In going back and listening to my East Coast episode, where I was explaining to you guys all about the East Coast, I realized not only was I a little hurried, in a little bit of a rush, but while I was taping the episode, I was actually losing viewers on Twitch. That's right. I went from having well over, I don't know, like 10 viewers at the time, uh, maybe not 10, but I think I had eight or nine. And then all of a sudden I started doing the podcast and I was like five minutes in, I was down to two viewers and then it happened. I saw the worst thing you ever want to see one viewer. And then I realized my laptop was open on Skateball, and I was using that laptop, um, to kind of like read the comments. So I realized no one was watching me. Possibly, very possibly, probably, because I think that my laptop was counting as a viewer. Now, I was signed into my Twitch account, so maybe it didn't, but maybe there was one of you watching. The point is, to all of my awesome podcasters, everyone who listens to me on the podcast, I have to apologize, because I realized the three podcasts that I did, while trying to live stream, didn't come out that well, because I was concentrating on the live streamers, I was concentrating on the questions and chat, I was concentrating on the time, I was trying to watch, I was a little bit nervous because I had to do my first live stream on location that night, and I humbly apologize. So the quality of the podcast not only was worse, but then the quality of the live streaming was worse. And what I need to realize and understand is that not everyone who listens to me on podcast is ever going to listen to me or watch me through Twitch, and that's okay. And not everybody who loves me through Twitch is going to come over and listen to the podcast. And that is okay also. They are different, very different audiences. In fact, last night I had one of my fans who listens to basically every single solitary show uh, said that they love listening to every podcast, but they may or may not watch every Twitch channel. They might from time to time if they're bored, but they're just, that's not part, they'd rather listen to cool stuff about pinball. Uh, and maybe they have more time driving in the car or where they need their, their hands free and they're cooking meals or they're in the shower or who knows, at work, places you can easily listen to a podcast that you may or may not be able to easily watch Twitch. So that was a little bit of an experiment. Does it mean I will never, ever, ever do a live-to-air podcast again? No. In fact, I probably will, uh, especially as the audience grows and both audience grows, maybe if while I'm live streaming a really cool game comes out and people are really hyped and talking about it and it's like I could have done the Willy Wonka one live stream to be honest with all the people on my stream the other day talking about Willy Wonka that would have went really well but it all comes down to something I learned in marketing at at Fanshawe Um, 
Fanshawe is a local community college here for those who don't know, but I learned that you have to know your audience and my audience does not necessarily go back and forth between the two, right? So I realized in doing my East Coast podcast, I forgot to tell you guys two of the most interesting, fun, enjoyable stories, probably for you, not for me at the time, but of things that happened while I was out there on the East Coast. And I also forgot to thank two girls named Lauren and or apologize probably to both of them and thank them. So um, when we first got off the plane, as mentioned earlier in the East Coast one, there was absolutely no cars to rent anywhere on the island, anywhere in the airport. All the cars were gone. We couldn't take a bus to get off. So eventually I started looking through hotels, realizing, hey, we're stuck here. We're stuck on Prince Edward Island today. And I didn't want to stay, uh, for those of you who know me, I'm a little bit weird, a little bit strange. Keep him all weird, right? I'm trying, guys. Um, I really didn't want to stay at like a Super 8 or a Days In or like a name brand hotel. So we looked up and we found this cute little rustic inn called the, the Dundee Arms. In, right in downtown. It was right by the two brew pubs we wanted to go to. It was the perfect place to go to. And when we got there, um, the girl working at the front desk was very kind, very nice. Her name was Lauren, I believe. <clears throat> um, and if it wasn't, you know who you are, the girl working at the front desk, but I'm 99% sure it was Lauren. And Lauren totally listened to me and my wife, mostly me, but complain about how the airplane almost went down. We almost died. Four people were puking at once. And I saw more people getting sick than I did, uh, you know, in Stand By Me in the pie scene and this, that, and the other. And she felt really bad for us. And she and then I explained how, even though we had a rental car in Halifax, they wouldn't switch it over here to um, Charlottetown. And I was so upset. And she said, you know what? I'm going to upgrade you guys for free to the largest, most beautiful suite that we have. It's got a jacuzzi tub in it. It's got its its own separate whole bathroom outside of that that also has a shower in case you both you both want to like just you know bathe and get get that done all at once. It also has oh I heard the tea the tea must be ready. Um, it also has you know a nice view and it's right on the second floor. You don't have to walk up for four or five flights. All these sorts of beautiful things. So I was very excited for it. I get there and I will be honest. I listen to a lot of podcasts in the tub, especially if I'm just coming back from working out. Um, I have been training right now for the Bruce Trail, so if I go walking in the afternoon or go hiking in the morning, I come home and I have a long, hot bath, and I catch up on a lot of my podcasts that way. Um, and, uh, you know, it helps with my back, and I just enjoy it. Plus, in the wintertime, it gets really cold here, and the cold kind of gets all the way through to your bones, and when you have a hot bath, you come out and you're just like, relaxed and you're warm and it's awesome so anyways when I heard that I was getting this big jacuzzi tub I was so stoked and after that I was so shaken up I thought that's it I can't wait to try a jacuzzi cub tub let's go literally the first thing we did when we got there is turn it on about five minutes in the water was finally above you know the jets so I turned the jets on checked they worked I was like score yes awesome hop down the tub uh, my, my wonderful wife, Danielle, took this funny picture of me laying in the tub and saying, even though our day started horribly and the plane almost crashed and we had to do an emergency landing two, two provinces over, everybody's alive, which is the main thing. Everyone's fine. And now Albert's relaxing in the hot tub. No sooner than she had taken the picture, then the front desk called up and said, 
Um, is the hot tub overflowing everywhere? And we said, no, it's not even filled up to the top yet. And she said, okay, I humbly apologize. I'm going to have to ask you to turn the tub off. It's leaking all over the grill in the kitchen. The kitchen is directly below. And this is one of these inns that has, you know, like 10 or 15 rooms in the actual original building. But then it's also got like another separate building with a whole bunch that's a much newer building. So, you know, they're cooking for like 40 or 50 people and it's right around dinner time. And the chefs are furious. And of course, I don't want them spitting my food. So, you know, I didn't think they were going to spit my food, but obviously I was freaking out because I just started this tub, just got in here. I already had a Shat's day. And all of a sudden now I've got this garbage crap happening to me. So we turn it off, we empty it out. They say, don't worry. Uh, the front desk says they humbly apologize for that. I said, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. But, you know, to me, it's like you upgraded us to this room. I was so stoked for this bath. Not only a bath, but a, a jacuzzi. A jacuzzi would have had bubbles coming out everywhere. Speaking of Willy Wonka and fizzy lifting juice, I would have been higher than Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, man. Um, going up the the Wonka Vader. Uh, and, and it would have been a pure high, okay? This wasn't like, I wasn't even on caffeine or any type of legal THC or any other drugs. No, I was strictly just excited to be alive, kissing the ground that I walked on and sitting in, the, in like a big giant soaker jacuzzi tub. And then I'm told, oh, you're ruining everyone's day by leaking out water everywhere. And of course the girl at the front desk thinks, oh, you leaked water everywhere, you friggin' animals. No, we didn't leak water anywhere. Actually, she didn't act like that, but I thought she might have thought that. So we went downstairs, and Lauren was very apologetic. She said, when you guys are out tomorrow, we'll get maintenance to come in. I'm really sorry. I tried to do a nice thing for your day, and it actually made your day worse. I said, that's okay. You couldn't have done anything about that. And that night, my wife and I went out, and we went and had um, a wonderful meal at, at a craft brewery place. And then after that, we went and saw a really cool play called... What was the play called, honey? Um, Chute Come over here and say it properly. Uh, it was called Chute Libre. And it's, they're a, like, performing troupe from Quebec. Chute Libre. Yeah. Chute Libre. Like Remember? Free, free falling. Free falling. Free fall. Free fall. Anyways, <laughs> look them up on YouTube if you're bored. They're really cool. They're a mixture of stomp mixed with, um... Yeah, parkour. Uh, what do you yeah, what do you call that? It's not called Chinese pole. It is called that. It's <laughs> Okay, it is called Chinese pole apparently. But there's a name people know it by. Oh, Cirque, Cirque du Soleil. So it's kind of like Cirque du Soleil yeah, meets Blue Man Group meets Stomp. Dance, parkour, acrobatics, Chinese pole, aerial hoop and live music. Wow. There you go. Got the little <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Anyways, we, we're literally walking through this uh, this art gallery that we found that was number one on TripAdvisor for being the best place to go that was free. And when we looked it up in the little coffee shop, you could literally, we were a stone's throw. It was literally across the road. So we go across the road and we're looking through this beautiful art gallery. And my wife and I have a small company called Angry Alpaca, uh, which is naturally aggressive tea. So they're full flavored, all naturally flavored uh, tea. And we are we are always looking for labels. And especially because we're now moving out to Nova Scotia, we're walking through the Charlottetown Art Gallery looking for beautiful art. And we happened to find several and took pictures of them. And although the woman working at the art gallery was a little hard to understand, it was very cute. I really liked her 
Prince Edward Island um, accent. Uh, she let us know it was time to go. It was time to get out of there. Like they're closing up. It's four o'clock. That's the end of the day for them. And so my wife and I are now in a much better mood. I've of course been uh, medicated through the legal Charlottetown marijuana shop. And of course um, I've also had some very, very legal craft beer. And I was on my way to try the Prince Edward Island burger. What was it called? The burger burger month challenge so every different like brew pub or restaurant had oh here's here it is P -P -I burger love. oh the prince edward island burger love here we are so it is over for now because oh wait it's not over until the end of the month okay if you're in if you if you happen to be in prince edward island and there's 0, 0.0 pinball machines in the wild there um, although Lauren, the girl that I was talking about from the Dundee Arms, did let me know that her friend is considering opening up Arcade, and another gentleman we spoke to at the Hopyard said their friend was considering opening um, a Barcade there. So that would be really cool if a Barcade did come to Prince Edward Island, especially because we're going to be living about an hour away. But I needed to go back and thank Lauren because the next morning, while my wife had just got out of the shower... I'm laying on the bed in my boxer shorts, sometimes in the morning, this is a, a pretty much PG Joe show for the most part, but sometimes in the morning, you know, men sleep in their underwear, they're not necessarily wearing PJs, and I might have been one of those men just in my boxer shorts, laying on top of the, the blankets on the bed, and my wife was like drying her hair and had just got out of the shower and wasn't quite fully dressed. I was dressed. All right. All right, she was mostly dressed. Um, she was mostly dressed, doing her hair, but still a little bit weird. We start hearing, like, the door handle move. Well, sometimes when you're in hotels or inns, you know, someone tries to go to the wrong door accidentally or something, but, of course, their key or their card won't work. But then we hear someone fiddling with the door handle. And then we hear the key go in, and we're going, well, their key's obviously not going to work. And it's pretty early in the morning. Like, this was, like, probably 8.45. Like, it wasn't even 9 yet, I believe. And all of a sudden... The door opens, and this old dude's standing there. And he doesn't say, like, oh, sorry, guys, or anything. He literally just leaves. It, and it was super awkward about it, too. So then the front desk calls up and says, oh, we're so sorry. I had left a note for the maintenance man to check your room. But obviously he was supposed to, A, knock on the door. That's like day one. Say you work at a hotel, day one, they're like, Knock on the friggin' door, dude, before you go into, you know, to an apartment. And anyways, he did not knock on the door. He did not call up from downstairs. He didn't check with the desk downstairs. And because of all of these things, that was very strange. And if you've ever had someone walk in on you before, it's very, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little traumatizing. So after everything they put us through the night before with the tub and feeling bad that we wrecked the kitchen and then, you know, with everything we'd had with the plane and then with everything we had had that morning coming in, I was not very happy going down to breakfast. And Lauren, I'm sorry, Lauren, she had to hear an earful of it from me. Now, I didn't yell and I didn't swear and I actually find this works better sometimes. Lauren had said, you know, what I'm going to do for you since we walked in on you this morning is take $30 off. And I said, Lauren... It's up to you. I'm going to go sit down and eat some of this breakfast. My wife and I weren't comfortable leaving the room now with people just coming in and such. So she stayed up and kind of like guarded all of our stuff in the room. And I went down for breakfast. 
And I said to Lauren, who is now back from the day before, I said, I'm going to go sit down and eat my breakfast. I've never had someone walk in anywhere. I think that it's on your best judgment because I am going to be writing about this on social media. Um, I did mention I do have a podcast, which is sort of a sort of an arse move. I know that. But I said I do have a podcast. I am going to be talking about this. More importantly, I'm going to be mentioning this on social media when I rate you guys. Because, yes, I'm one of those people who does that. And, honestly, I wanted to give you guys five stars because you were kind. You were nice. The room itself was nice. There were some other issues with it being super loud, but... Usually there's nothing they can do about that, like people coming in late at night and just walking around constantly and moving around. Well, when you're in like an old farmhouse, that's an inn. That's the only disadvantage of not being in a Super 8 or a Radisson or something like that because you hear everything. So anyways, I didn't get a great night's sleep. Then, of course, Buddy coming in early this morning. Uh, car company woke me up before 8 a.m. to tell me that even though I had rented a car, the reservation was gone because, well, and she's, in, in her exact words, she said, well, sweetie, you should have called me directly and not through the reservation line. Oh, I'm sorry I called the reservation line to reserve a car. If I had just called you personally on your personal cell phone, you would... Anyways, so I was already having a Shats day. And I told her, I said, it's up to you. I'm going to be giving you guys very, very poor reviews after everything that's happened between the jacuzzi overflowing, even though it was nowhere near the top, and... Someone walking into our room before 9 a.m. without calling or knocking. Like, why would you not knock? If you're a maintenance man at a hotel, you know at the very least, if you're not going to check downstairs and ask, oh, by the way, have the people in this room checked out? You'd have to think in your head, well, they complained about the bathtub leaking last night. So, therefore, there would still probably be people here. I mean, there's not, if even if the, the hotel was haunted, ghosts wouldn't be going for a shower, I don't think. These guys are already clean, right? Anyways, uh, the point is, is that I said... The reviews are all going to say that at the end of this, and maybe I could give you one, maybe two stars. The reviews are all going to say, well, they at, at the very least, at the end of this, at least they took off 30 bucks. Would I stay here again? Absolutely not. And I said to her, or it can say, at the end of this, they were so upset, they humbly apologized, comped the entire room, in which case, yeah, I would give them another try. Probably wouldn't use a jacuzzi tub. Uh, so, you know, I had to kind of let her know that, and... Uh, Sure as shots, five minutes later, I'm eating my breakfast. She comes out. She goes, uh, Mr. Agar, we're really sorry. Um, I did talk to the owner, and honestly, really, there's no excuse for someone just walking in, especially not early in the morning, especially not when you're laying there not clothed, especially not when that maintenance person has worked here for a long time. In fact, the maintenance person ended up being one of the owners it was well the i guess the primary owner is a woman but her husband is the maintenance man you'd assume if they're married they both own the hotel right am i right anyways so i guess he was very embarrassed and so on and such forth and she said i spoke to the owner and we i said to the owner i don't think it's fair that you just take 30 bucks off his bill i think we should comp the room between telling them oh great you get this custom suite with this big jacuzzi tub and five minutes later saying oh my god you're ruining dinner for all of our guests and feeling awkward and weird and having to go in and out you know it's it's not a big hotel it's just a little like you know 20 to 30 people in that main one right so anyways after that my wife has to go downstairs after knowing that I gave an earful to poor Lauren um, and I guess then Lauren went and got the owner and then the owner came out and was humbly apologetic and so 
I have not given them any bad reviews. I'm still in between on what I'm going to do as far as review-wise. I think I'm going to go out of my way to say I'm hoping it was just we were the first people who stayed in that room after the long winter, which is probably true because most people from Prince Edward Island aren't going to spend the extra 50, 60 bucks to get the you know honeymoon suite at the end. Um, and then at the same time, you know, the breakfast was pretty good. The coffee was actually legit. Lauren was really nice. The inn itself is gorgeous. So would I recommend staying at the Dundee Inn? Yes. Would I also recommend putting that extra door lock on? Yes. Would I also recommend, um, yeah, just maybe bringing earbuds or, or earplugs because it might be hard to sleep because you can hear people walking around constantly. Maybe that was just the people above me were rowdy. I'm not sure, um, but I would either ask to stay not in the main house if you're sensitive to loud noises like I am, or perhaps, you know, maybe stay in, in, in a larger chain. But I would give it another try. I will give it another try. I believe your name was Lauren, and if I'm getting it wrong, I'm really sorry. But that is the story of why I needed to apologize to Lauren from Prince Edward Island. And now I have to apologize to Lauren from Swoop of I don't know which province, but probably Ontario. So, after we put in the bid for our house two nights later, we were trying to take pictures of our licenses to officially put the offer through and, and attach to our email. And you have to take pictures of the back and front of your driver's licenses and they want them to have no glare and look nice. and. So we were trying to do that, but my wife and I were also celebrating. So we had a couple beers and a few drinks. And we went out to the good old Schoolhouse Brewery. Check out the Schoolhouse Brewery for sure, by the way, in uh, Windsor. That was a super rad place. And they even had, not only was all of their beer legit good, no off flavors, like maybe not the juiciest IPA I've ever had on, in the world, but um, all of the styles were legit. And they actually had four guest taps for student brewers from throughout the province. And I thought that was just hands down so cool to do. If you go there, you have to get the meter stick. Um, I call it the meter stick taster. I basically tried all 10 of the taps. The only, and then I doubled up for the last one because I wasn't able to try the lobster bisque stout. Um, I am I am very shellfish allergic. Um, so I cannot have any shellfish beers. Uh, I can have it with a mollusk, but I can't have it with actual sh shellfish. So some people make a oyster stout with a mollusk, and I'm not allergic to mollusks. So I can have mollusks, but I can't have like actual like crab, lobster, shrimp, oysters, all those sorts of things. So anyways, we took all the pictures, and the only place to take the picture and get a nice picture was up on this high windowsill, which was like six feet up. So we took the pictures of our license and then the next morning of, and then went out and had fun and celebrated. We sent everything off. We signed on our phone. Believe it or not, you can actually sign directly through your phone now, which is kind of cool. And then the next day we did not one, but two sweeps of the entire apartment, the Airbnb, the beautiful Airbnb, by the way. And we took two sweeps and couldn't find a single solitary thing that we had left. We made sure all the phone chargers were up. Like, even down to, like, tidying up and everything else. Had a great time. Wonderful place to stay. Um, it is the... Was it the only super place in Windsor, honey? The only super Airbnb or whatever in Windsor? Like, do you remember what street? It was on Albert Street, right? Okay. 
It's a really nice basement apartment with like an electronic fireplace and two ceramic wall heaters. Um, you'll know it if you see it. It's on Albert Street. I doubt there's more than one or two on Albert Street. And of course, how would you forget Albert Street when you're listening to Orbital Albert's show, right? Um, if you guys wanted to see pictures from it, I did post a couple of the pictures, I believe, um, that I took out east. You can add me on Facebook under Albert Agar, A-G-A-R, or, of course, through the Pimmel Nerds podcast, which I have to remember to update a little bit more often. I'm going to try to work on that for you guys. Um, so, anyways, the next morning we got up. We were a little bit hungover, a little bit tired, a little bit hungry, a little bit groggy. But, of course, we had to get to our, our uh, airplane 45 minutes away, an hour and a half in advance. So, we barely got over there on time. We shipped up everything that wasn't going to fit in our carry-on bags, um, like our gifts for our sons. And then we rushed to the airport and I got there. We got there at like 10.55. By the time we got the rental car back, uh, our plane started boarding at noon, but it didn't leave until 12.30. So we were, you know, supposed to start boarding at noon. And it was just a little after 11. It, I would guess it was my favorite time of the day, 11.11. By the time we got to the front of the lineup and we're getting our boarding passes. But when we got there, she said, okay, can I get your ID, please? And as soon as I looked in my wallet, I hadn't even got through all of my cards and I friggin' knew I had left my driver's license back at the Airbnb. But you guys listening already knew that and I had left my wife's there as well. But no, no problem, I got like 20 of these cards in my wallet, start going through them, throwing them out there for her. Here's, uh, here's my health card, here's another government issued ID, here's like uh, five, I have five credit cards with my name on them, five. Um, I had another, any of the picture ID that I had was no good for flying on an airplane and all of the governmental ID I had was apparently no good, even though it's disputable. The girl there basically was the, I guess the top girl from Swoop on site and she went and, and, and had to call someone because my wife's health card worked because she had got it updated and had her picture on it, but my health card is an older one that doesn't have a picture. So therefore, that only counted as one piece of government ID, not as both to get me on the plane to get my boarding pass. So then I had to um, give her my AGCO card, which those of you who live in Ontario, it's the Alcohol and Gaming Association of Ontario. Um, And I gave her that. That is an official government card. It has my name on it. It has my address. It has my certificate number. That is my SmartServe card. Now... The problem is, is she's got this sheet of paper with like the 50 different eligible government IDs from across Canada, and it doesn't say that the SmartServe card is one of them, but it does have the AGCO listed. So I'm getting in this fight basically with Lauren, trying to keep my composure, trying to keep calm after buying a house. This is the last thing we need. So finally, when she was saying she can't give me the boarding pass, she's saying, well, the only thing you can do is try to get your license here on time. Well, then we look at the clock. It's 11.25. So right away, my wife is kind enough and smart enough to think of contacting the Airbnb guy through um, by text. And he doesn't respond right away. And I say, no, 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 call. Call him, beg, 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 beg. If he can drive us. there's Even if we went and rented another rent-a-car, it was 12.25 by the time I got to Windsor. The flight would have been long gone by the time we got back. And I knew that that was the case. Um, so we called there and after offering some money and apologizing and everything else, he was kind enough. And I think he would have done it for free. He actually seemed like he was kind enough. He would have done it for free. East coasters are so nice, by the way, 
I, I people from Ontario were nice too, but you'd be hard pressed to be in Toronto at the airport and find someone from an Airbnb there willing to drive for an hour and a half round trip to drop you off your ID. You really would be. I mean, I would be hard pressed to do that for you, even here at the London airport if you stayed at my house. Especially if I didn't know you from Joe and you had already paid and we were already done for the day, right? So, anyways, begged and pleaded with him and he said he would try his best. And then the swoop girl said she would try her best to hold them at the gate, but she has no, like, you know, if the if the plane's ready to go and the plane's loaded and the pilot's ready to go and the the staff are, you know, the airline staff are ready to close up. She can't do that much about it, but she said she would try her best. And I felt really bad because before she had said that, she was sitting there and she kind of had this smile on her face like, I'm really sorry, I tried to do everything I could, but there's nothing I can do to help you. Thanks for calling through right now, Matthew Megaphone. I will call you back in a minute, buddy. Um, so she tried to call through or sorry, Matt just tried to call through. I will get back to you soon, Matt. Um, so she said she kind of had this like weird, like upset kind of, but you know how when some people are nervous, they kind of smile. So I looked right at her and I feel, feel really bad for doing this. I said, are you serious that you're laughing right now? We can't do anything. There's no manager you can get to, to talk to because when I asked to speak, I said, sorry, can I speak to a manager? I have to speak to someone else. I need to get on this flight. My kids are waiting for me in Hamilton. I need to get home. I've been here for five days, this most stressed out trip of my life. I am not waiting 36 hours for the next swoop. And they even said I'd have to pay for it myself because it was my fault I didn't have the ID. Even though arguably I did have the AGCO ID, she just didn't understand that SmartServe is the AGCO ID. But anyways, not the point. Because of that, I would have been stuck in an airport for 36 hours by myself. Now, of course, I would have went down to Stillwell or Propeller and played pinball, but I would have had nowhere to stay. Um, I did have money for a hotel, but didn't want to stay and get another hotel. I just wanted to go home. We were trying to negotiate back and forth about getting a house. Anyways, long story short, I freaked out on Lauren and said, why the hell are you laughing at me right now when we're going through like the most traumatic time of our life? And she almost teared up and was like, I'm not laughing at you. I feel really bad for you. I'm trying to do everything with my power to help you. So I feel bad because I don't want her to lose her job over it. But at the same time, I've got to get on this plane. At the same time, I've shown her like 12 pieces of identification. She's saying, oh, the one I'm just not 100% sure about. Anyways, so thank God the guy's coming. He says he'll be there around 12.05. I'm walking back and forth. I'm like 100 feet from security. She tells me, she goes, Lauren says, no, can you run? And I said, yeah, I can run. She goes, you're going to have to run. When you show up at security running, they may or may not let you through priority if they know your plane's about to go, but you can always ask. Then you're going to have to run all the way down to gate 12. It's near the end. It's a pretty far run. Don't like hurt yourself or injure yourself, but yeah, you're going to have to sprint. It's going to be close. So they close up shop at like 10 to 12 and they head over to the gate to start boarding. My wife, I kiss my wife goodbye, not knowing when I'm going to see her next. Could be two or three days, especially if the flight in 36 hours is full. I'm not paying $400 to fly Air Canada, no way. Um, so I could have been there for another two to three days until I could have got back on swoop. And of course, I still didn't have my license at that point. So there's still the matter of renting a car and trying to get back there and getting my license. And I didn't want to become Tom Cruise and what is that, Terminal, I think it is, or no, Tom Hanks and Terminal. Didn't really want to test out that theory to see if that worked. Um, even though it seems neat, 
and I was under a lot of stress and just tired and just really just wanted to be with my wife. I didn't want to make her, that was her third flight. Like when we almost went down, we couldn't land from the high winds. Shouldn't say we almost went down and being over dramatic there, but like literally the pilot was freaking out. The pilot didn't talk for like 45 minutes. Like we had to fly up to however many 5,000 feet higher than usual or whatever to try to get out of the wind. And anyways, so I'm walking back and forth and I'm sweating and I call this guy at 1210 and I know they've now been boarding for 10 minutes and they leave in 20 and I still have to get through security. And the security line was very long when I dropped my wife off there about half an hour before that. Like there was like 40 to 50 people in line. So I call him, he goes, he's really sorry. He's stuck in some traffic. He's about two minutes away. I let him know what color my jacket is. I let him know I'm going to give him an extra tip over the uh, promised $80 we were going to give him. So I actually tossed him 90 bucks, an extra 10 and I said, I'll give you the best glowing review you've ever got ever on your Airbnb. So uh, we did leave him a good review, right, right honey? Perfect. And um, I'm sure when other travelers read on there, wow, this Airbnb host went out of his way and drove an hour and a half. Yeah, we offered to pay him, but it doesn't matter. He still did that for us. That would have cost me several hundreds of dollars between hotels, rent-a-cars, flights, annoyances. Plus, like I said, I didn't want my wife on her fourth flight ever after the third flight going that bad to have to fly by herself. So I pass the guy the money, passes me the IDs, and I start sprinting. I made, you know the, the, the running scene in Home Alone when they're trying to make the airplane? I made them look like they were crawling, going slow. Like I was friggin' sprinting by people. Security at Halifax Airport, if you're watching that, I give you full permission to put that on YouTube. I wanna see that. So anyways, when you run up to security sprinting, they're kinda like, what is going on with this dude? Now thank God there was only two people in front of me. I didn't have to even try to argue and go through priority. The girl was like, what time's your flight leave? At one? I said, no, at 12.30. She goes, oh, you're going to have to run. I said, well, I know that. She puts me through really quickly. Guy on the other side, sir, I'm going to have to do a random check. Could you come over here? I say, oh, um, my flight leaves in 15 minutes. He goes, I don't care when your flight leaves. You're going to have to do a random check. Well, I had just watched three or four people go in, in front of me, and none of them got randomly checked. But anyways, I'm sweating at this point. You know, I dress a little strange, a little funny, a little weird, right? Especially for out there. A little different, don't know if that was why. But here's the weird part, he made me lift up my shirt in front of everybody. Feel like he wouldn't do this to a woman probably, but anyways, made me lift up my shirt and then he took this weird cotton swabby thing on the end of a stick and he rubbed it all over my belly and then he put it in machine. And then he said, sir, could you could you um, hold out your arms for me? Then he took the same cotton swabby thing, ran it slowly up and down my arm. Felt like he was caressing me. I'm like, what is going on? And then he put that machine, it came back with a, apparently a good beep. It was like, beep, beep. He's like, okay, now I gotta do one more. And he took it and he ran it along both the inside and the bottom of my shoes. I'm like, I've watched four or five other people go through security. I'm like, what is going on? I'm gonna miss the plane, dude, cause you're doing some weird beep, beep thing. Like, I don't have any drugs. If I had drugs or bombs on me, would I be sprinting through security? Think about it that way, security dude. The person that's probably gonna have anything bad on them like hiding any drugs or alcohol or anything crazy or guns or whatever, they're probably going to be walking slowly and not want to be raising attention to themselves. Anyways, I did security for years, so I thought it was funny that he didn't notice that. But So then I literally yell at the escalator, sorry, got to come through. I'm going to miss my flight. Excuse me. Sorry, sorry. I'm being very Canadian about it, but I'm also sprinting up the freaking stairs. Everyone moves over. Thank you to everyone on the elevator. 
And then it was the hard part. I got to gate one and I saw the distance between gate one and gate two was like 150 meters. Started doing the math. I've got to run a kilometer and a half. For those of you in America or around the world that aren't metric, okay, a kilometer and a half actually works out to be pretty close to precisely just, well, it's not precisely, but just short of a mile. A mile is 1,600 meters or 1.6 kilometers, okay? So I'm like a 230-pound dude who's just short of six feet. Um, I am fairly stocky, but I do have a big beer belly, also known also known as a pinball tank, okay? So I can play pinball all day long. 24 hours, no problem. 24 hours at the Sanctum, no problem. Four days at Pinburg, no problem. I got a pinball tank to prove it. However, the pinball tank doesn't come in extremely handy when you have to sprint. And because the last time I sprinted, I wrecked a hinge in the ball of my foot on my right foot, which was January 1st, first day back in the gym, I decided to sprint out the last 100 meters of my 5K, um, I was very afraid I was, it was going to come unhinged and I was going to hurt it, but it didn't. And the same girl, Lauren, who I made tear up was standing there smiling, talking into the little airport, air, airport, the airport, that was a Freudian slip, the airport microphone, mi microphone saying last boarding call Halifax to Toronto for swoop flight 976, Albert hurry the hell up. She didn't say the last part, but I felt it. I felt it in her bones. And as I'm running there, she goes, oh my God, you made it, you made it, you made it. I said, oh, thank God. She goes, and you're not even the last one. I go, are you telling me I didn't even have to be running this whole time? And she was like, well, no, but it's good exercise for you. And I was like, screw you, screw you, Lauren. <clears throat> now, I know what you're thinking. Albert, what are the chances both of these girls who helped make your trip such, such a success named Lauren. Well, very low, very low, but Lauren is a common name. And I know that one of their names were Lauren and I can't remember the other, but if I somehow get to ever meet them again, or I hear from them on the podcast, they both know about the Pinball Nerds podcast. Oh, Andrea, the girl in Prince Edward Island was Andrea. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Danielle just let me know. She reminded me between Dennis Krenzel and Danielle. If it wasn't for them, I would screw up on every show. And Sean Russell helps a lot as well. I need to give him a shout out later on in this episode. And this episode's running long. And now that I've told the stories of the two Laurens. Oh, and as I was going through, Lauren said, oh, so now that I helped get you on the plane, did I make the podcast? And I said, of course you did. And I started to walk very quickly. I don't know why, because I already knew I made it. But I just wanted to make sure for sure they weren't closing the gate or some other thing. I wasn't on the plane yet, right? Never never get excited until the fat lady sang. Well, this this fat old dude out of breath, this fat old pinball nerd hadn't sang yet. Um, I hadn't got on the plane, so I wasn't too excited. She goes, well, what's the name of the podcast? I have to listen if I'm going to be on it. And I said, oh, it's called the Pinball Nerds Podcast. It's on the top 10 po pl podcasting platforms. Just put Pinball Nerds into Google and you'll find it. She goes, thank you. Bye. Good luck. And uh, I got on the plane, and oh my god, I'm just going like, <sighs> <coughs> see, I'm coughing how bad it was. And of course, I had partied a little bit the night before, so my lungs were extra, extra sensitive. And by the time I'm walking down, half the people on the plane are like, oh, are you okay, sir? Uh, what's wrong? Uh, 
I'm like, no, no, I just had to run to make the gate. I left my, and I wasn't, a lot of these people were older. I wasn't going to say Airbnb. So I just said, oh, I left my, my driver's license at the hotel and I had to run to it and back. And eh, it was a little bit of a stretch, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Lauren, as well as Andrea. Andrea is my wife's name. So she was able to remember that one from Prince Edward Island. Uh, but thank you, Andrea. And Andrea's friend actually fixes and repairs and maintains pinball machines in Halifax. So I might need him in the future, so I better stay on good terms with Andrew. What a small freaking world. Just because you're two provinces away in Canada doesn't mean that someone doesn't know someone who knows something about pinball. And this is why you should always tip, tip well, be nice to your servers, be nice to everybody. It's a small world. Um, I will make sure to get on social media and give the Dundee arms, the Dundee, it keeps reminding me of the Dundees in uh, the office with Michael Scott winning another Dundee. Uh, make sure if you're in Prince Edward Island to stay at the Dundee Arms and make sure if you're going out east to fly with Swoop because, wow, um, for 80 bucks, $80 direct, you can go from Hamilton or London, Ontario all the way to Halifax and come visit me, Orville Albert, your favorite pinball nerd. Now, I forgot to mention the other two parts of what this episode is for and I know there's a couple of you going, Albert, you're 45 minutes through and you have not done the LOPL or the uh, Monday Night Pinball uh, update. So I will do those now for you, but I did want to take this time to thank Lauren, Andrea, uh, my wife Danielle, and of course, I'm sorry Steve Ritchie for calling your arch nemesis. The arch nemesis of Steve Ritchie is Pat Lawler. Just kidding, I'm sure they're hopefully buddies somewhere somehow. But Pat Lawler and Steve Ritchie are both my buddies. Pat Lawler, Dennis Krenzel was telling me Pat Lawler is known for almost the opposite of uh, uh, Steve Ritchie's King of Flow. He's known as being like the stop and go guy. And then I looked at my top 10 Pat Lawler games. I started to go, okay, yeah, Earthshaker, yeah, okay, Monopoly, yeah, okay, um, Whirlwind, Earth, yeah, like all these different ones. Yeah, they are kind of stop and go -y. Twilight Zone, you know, there's... You hit it into a scoop or a hole or somewhere and then something stops for a while and happens. And yeah, I guess that is kind of sort of true. So I apologize to both Steve Ritchie and Pat Lawler. I'm sure they listen to the show daily. Um, I apologize for that. Also wanted to uh, thank Sean Russell for hosting us at the London, Ontario Pinball League. I'm going to go through those results for you guys now. Um, first place is Jeff Teolis of Pinball Profile. Thanks, Jeff, for my special when lit. Uh, Ken Cromwell was nice enough to bring my special when lit pinball podcast t-shirts uh, to the Texas Pinball Fest where he gave them to uh, Jeff Teolis as well as Mark and City's Twippy which Mark finally got his Twippy back and I got to hold that on Saturday at Loppel which was awesome and uh, or sorry that was on Friday at the, the TV thing but then on Saturday Teolis gave me my shirts and I got my special when lit shirts and uh those are awesome. One's going to go to my wife. I will be wearing them in upcoming stream. Thanks, Ken Cromwell, for that. Um, Special One Lit is quickly becoming one of my favorite, if not my new favorite pinball podcast. So make sure you listen to those guys if you haven't. Um, Sean Russell himself, as most would expect, Sean Russell's a great player, but also was at his house hosting, so he knows the machines very intimately. He got second. Uh, Jeff Bowden. Got third. Nice job, Jeff. Uh, I've seen Jeff do well many times, but normally not usually that high. Steve Verstegen, longtime Lopel member, got fourth. And John Wither, 
uh, got fifth, so congrats, John. Ian Howard, I'll give special note to coming in sixth. Brad Hopkins in seven. Mark in City in eight. Mike Dimas in nine. Dimas normally isn't that low, but, uh, you know, didn't do as well as usual. It's okay for one night, Mike. I'm sure you're still near the top. And then Darren Murtha got number 10. And Darren got 10th just coming off uh, getting second, I believe, at the uh, the tournament the night before, the If Push showdown for the uh, Canadian Collectors television show that I think is coming up. Myself, I got 14th, which isn't bad considering there was 40 players or 39. And my son, Hayden, managed to get 22nd. Even more importantly, and I'm so stoked for this, my son, Hayden, got first on Abracadabra, beating Jeff Teolis just barely. And the funny thing is, uh, Hayden, Abracadabra is obviously an old EM, and you have to play it. You know, like you can't play a four-player game. You have to play all five balls in a row. And Hayden actually got two house balls and one ball that he barely got a flip on. So when Hayden finished it, he turned around to me and he said, uh, Yeah, yeah, I did horrible, Dad. And Ian Harrower was there and he's like, No, Hayden, you did well. You're in first, buddy. And Hayden's like, What? So, Hayden, you're better than you think you are. Thank you so much for coming. I had a great time. Myself, I don't have too many scores to report on. I did horrible on strikes and spares. After getting like 420,000 the last time I played that in a tournament up at uh, the Press Start Ar Arcade at, at, uh, against Jeff Teolis in the very first round, I got 420,000 on strikes and spares without even lighting the left spinner, which is, you know, a very long ball. And then I got 20,000 in three balls. So... I did horrible. I got like third last on that one. I think I got fourth place on Simbad or something like that, and like 10th place on something else. So points-wise, I did okay. I'm just going to do a quick update on all the standings here. So when I go over here and I click on, oh, it's timed me out to log back in so I can actually see the names. Thanks, by the way, to Mark and City for putting in all these scores. Like that is a pain in the butt. Next time you all see Mark and City, don't only just thank him and high-five him for the uh, world's best homebrew pinball machine of all time, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, Mark was actually talking to me last night about some of the new animations he's been working on and all the code updates he's been doing and add, adding actual clips from the movie. And So I'm really excited someday to maybe get to live stream this again, if not just do a direct stream and put that up onto my YouTube channel once I get it up. So... But uh, Mark has just been working on this game like crazy. So all of you who got to see it on uh, live stream on Gamma Goat's um, channel on Twitch a while ago, the game has even been updated and changed since then. So that's surprising to me. Just want to do a quick update here on the top five players in the cumulative now that we've played, what, our fifth? I believe that was the five of the six updates. So, all right. So London, Ontario Pinball League. Mike Dimas, even though you, you barely scratched in the top 10, buddy, you are first still. Jeff Teolis is second, Ian Harrower is third, Sean Russell is fourth, Ken LaPointe is fifth, Mark and City sixth, Mark Turon seventh, Steve Stegen is eighth, Brad Hopkin is ninth, and Dara Murtha is in tenth. I am down in 15th place, but I should be able to knock off a couple more people in the future because I actually have a zero from the first event when I had to do a late Christmas event with uh, my mother-in-law, Michelle. So I unfortunately was not able to make that one. Family first, Christmas first, right? Over pinball, of course. Um, was not able to make that one. So I have another score that I get to knock off 
very shortly and I'm very excited for that. The final update I want to do for you guys is the Monday Night Pinball, the second one ever at Speed City Records last night. You know what? There was like way less people. I think there was only 14 as opposed to 22. 14 felt way less squished and more reasonable, even though I really don't like that you're not able to kind of watch whoever you're playing with or against. You really don't get to watch what they're doing, unfortunately. And, and it's not even because, I oh, I, I'm so competitive, I want to be able to crush them. No, it's because I just can't see what's happening. And I like to kind of get little tips on the game and see what the other good players are doing. It's, it's so my game can progressively get better, not so I can know what I have to do kind of to beat the other player, I guess. That being said, I know most of those machines pretty well, and that's the best format we can get there. What I do love is all the people. I love all the people. Thanks, Speedy, for opening it up. Uh, we did watch the How Canadian Is This? We did actually watch, uh, you know, the big screen had the Toronto Maple Leafs and Boston Bruin games on. Go Leafs! I'm not really a hockey dude, but um, I'll watch hockey if everyone's watching, just for something to do. I like, you know, it's interesting, especially the last few minutes there. Boston pulled their goalie and... Uh, um, sorry, Pete Gazda. I know you love the Bruins, but they did not hold up. Um, anyways, you know you're at a Canadian pinball tournament when everyone else goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." There's only one minute left. You can hold. You can wait till it's done. There's one minute left in the third period, and it was my buddy's turn to go, and everyone was just like, "No, no, no, no." He, pinball can wait. The last minute of this. Uh, now, if it was the last minute of football, it would go on for like friggin' nine minutes. You wouldn't want to do that, but. Um, I had a great time. I didn't play very well. I had to play high speed. Like it seemed like every other game I was playing high speed there. And the upper right flipper on high speed is kind of wonky. I'm, I know they, Milkman had mentioned they're working on getting that fixed, of course, before next Monday. So I am excited to go there and play again. But I'm hoping to get a little bit more of the modern machines. You know, I didn't get Kiss, my favorite machine. I didn't get to play Ghostbusters, even though I don't love Ghostbusters. I, I know it well, and I typically get first or second on it, or I have... You know, recently, in the last few months, anyways. Um, see, I seem to get, like, high speed. Like, we're doing random teams now, as opposed to doing a group of four people that you play one machine, each machine once with. You could get the same machine all night, just randomly, right? And I did seem to get high speed at least two or three times. And it just, because there's no ball save on it, and the shots aren't, the, the feeds aren't coming out exactly right, even though you can hit the left orbit flush, it can sometimes still feed into the... The pop bumpers and you don't get full credit for doing the orbit and there's just a whole bunch of things that make it you know like a, a little bit more of a luck box than the newer machines and because of that now the older the machine the higher luck quotient which i'm okay with i love old machines don't get me wrong but i would rather an old em in place of this as opposed to like high speed but anyways i do like i did i rented high speed the getaway which i do happen to love a lot more than this machine um Anyways, we are running close to the end of this podcast for the hour that I can do. I did want to give a quick shout out last night. I did not make finals, but Sean Russell was nice enough to message me and let me know who did make finals and who won. So Eric won finals. Congrats, Eric. Brad got second. Uh, Mark got third, and it's Mark with a C. So I'm not sure if it's Mark Turin or Mark and City, but one of them. And uh, Sean himself actually got fourth. So congrats to all that came. Thanks to everybody uh, for listening if you got through this. I try not to make the podcast this long. I'll try not to do it in the future. But I did want to apologize to everybody and update everything. Until next time, eat, sleep, breathe, pinball. Pinball.